Kennedy Street, please visit kennedystreetcio.org. Recovery is possible. Away. Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hello, hi, everyone. This is lovely Chris, Krista Banks, and the gorgeous Kev Kennedy, and I am Claire Kennedy, and I'm still here, and I'm having a good day today. Um, I'm having a good day today. Yeah, I'm having a good day today. It's been a tough week, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm getting fed up with this lockdown malarkey. Um, it's great though, great. We, we can see light at the end of the tunnel, which is amazing. Can't wait to be able to get out there and have a coffee with people in in the flesh. Give them a proper cuddle. Oh, sorry, I'm just doing something. It's nice. all right. It's all right. The t-shirts. Are you going <laughs> to our t-shirts, sir? Yeah. Sorry, my my computer went a bit weird. Okay. Well, just for those of you who are, are curious, those t-shirts are purchasable on our website. Yes, modelled by the gorgeous Kevin Kennedy. So anyway, getting back to today's show, welcome to our Wednesday Recovery Talks. Um, I have the absolute privilege of introducing a wonderful friend of ours, Krista Banks. Um, right. We are not saints. Um, he's going to tell you more about himself in a little while. Um, for those of you who don't know, we're at um, a small project based in Brighton called Kennedy Street. And we do this show every Wednesday and it's called recovery, hashtag recovery talks. And it's all about just disseminating the message of recovery. Um, it's emerged because of lockdown. Um, we are trying to help people around the country understand where recovery lies in the community, what it looks like, who are the people that are um, the go-to people. So Chris is going to tell you more about his project and how what part recovery plays in that. And um, there's some amazing, honestly, amazing projects around the country. We're really, really um, passionate about everything to do with recovery. So, you know, um, and it isn't one, one size fits all. It's not a case of, oh, um, I'm just going to go there and that's where I'm going to find recovery. We're so blessed now to have so many different um, ways of accessing a recovery process. And that's what these talks are about, really. It's about introducing you who are watching to all the wonderfulness that's out there that's um, on these amazing recovery pathways. And yeah, and just to help you understand that if you're stuck, if you if you want to have a conversation, we run a we run a helpline. So it's a recovery helpline. It's national. It's free. It's a point of contact that you can actually pick up the phone. You can speak to a peer who's in recovery, and you can start your recovery journey there. And what we do is we connect you to all of the amazing resources that are freely available in our beautiful green country um so yeah i'm going to shut up now because i can rattle on for hours and i'm going to introduce you to my very handsome t-shirt wearing husband there he is look recovery rocks over to you kevin bear hello everyone it's kevin kennedy i hope you well lovely to see you uh, as you can see i'm wearing my recovery rocks t-shirt which i thought was quite apt for today because uh, today's a good one today i like this one because um hmm. As you can see, I'm very much interested in music. And, and when Chris came first came on and we went live, we were discussing 
my guitars, which uh, is universal, it's like football. It doesn't matter who you are in the world, what you do. If you start talking about guitars or football, you're immediately on a level playing field. However, I digress. Um, uh, so Chris is a director of uh, uh, the first, I may be wrong, but I think it's the first ever um, recovery uh, recording label and studios, possibly. Uh, and they're, they are called We Are Not Saints, which I think is a cracking, cracking name. Um, and they've got an album out soon, uh, which is called Liberation Through the Looking Glass. It's 20 odd tracks by uh, musicians. I think they're original tracks um, by musicians who are in recovery. Uh, and addiction seems to be really quite prevalent in uh, musicians, actors and the rest of it. I don't know why. Well, that's a whole new new program but chris is going to tell us something about himself his journey and how this brilliant idea of his came to fruition so over to you chris uh hi yeah so um yeah thank you very much kevin thank you very much claire for having me on the show um so yeah um uh, just a bit about myself then so um my my kind of journey in music is is very much mirrored uh, by my journey through drugs and alcohol i i kind of got into uh, going to bands and music about the age of sort of 14, 15, as most people do at school, uh, about the same time that I discovered cannabis and drinking and and uh, and I just fell in love with music, but also fell in love with that kind of, you know, going out on a Friday night, going to gigs, partying. Um, and uh, yeah, started off playing, playing in bands um, and that kind of uh, that whole scene as well. So the, the kind of band culture of, of the early, well, the mid nineties to, to early noughties. So, um, yeah, uh, <clears throat> all the time sort of playing in bands and getting into, into different, different drugs and different kind of, um, different social circles and things like that. And, um, yeah, basically, um, just carried on through that all the way through my twenties. Uh, when I was in my mid twenties, moved down to Brighton um, after a particularly hectic year um, to come and join a band. Um, I sort of had a bit of a tough time with things up in Essex, and someone said to me, "Oh, why don't you come to Brighton? It's really chilled out." And I came to Brighton and I found it was not chilled out. It was certainly the scene I was in wasn't chilled out. So um, things prog progressed quite rapidly once I moved down here. Got into cocaine and and uh, amphetamines and things like that. Um, and just, yeah, it really kind of took hold of me. Um, and by the time I was 30, went to university, I did a degree in music business and management as my kind of dreams of playing Wembley and and then uh, Lollapalooza kind of slipped away um, because of my drinking and drug use. So I decided to go to university and study music business and management. And then um, by the time I was 35, still with these wild aspirations of, of kind of making it on the business side of the industry and expecting to go and work for kind of Sony or Universal. Um, I was just uh, completely washed up living in one room above a pub in Hove, um, kind of having no no prospects and no hope. So I got, got sober after a particularly horrendous fight with a friend of mine over five pounds. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, went started going to fellowship meetings. And what I found on my recovery journey um, is that I was, I was, happening across musicians who had really great stories to tell like really incredible history and a really beautiful way of playing because these were people that had played their whole lives um you know and maybe put it down for a time when they were in the madness but certainly you know now they were in recovery they're picking it up and finding that actually sober they were a hundred times better as a musician than they ever had been when they were drinking and using and so as i carried on through my recovery journey sort of the next couple of years i kept meeting different musicians i was sort of started thinking to myself there's got to be something that we can do here you know where, where do these people get to play and i'd 
in the meantime, got a job back in the music industry, uh, working as a booking agent in Hove, and um, was going out to the gigs and the bars and things, and 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 kind of felt that my recovery was, I was safe in my recovery, but it always felt uncomfortable to go into those places, to go and see music, and and you know, looking at the musicians that I was working with, and they were getting offered free drinks at every venue, and you know, some diving outside for a cheeky smoke when they were, you know, when they were supposed to be playing and stuff. And I, I just thought this this isn't safe if you're in recovery. This is a this is a real maelstrom of kind of triggers, if you like. Um, so I. Uh, I left the booking agency job and went to the Great Escape in 2018, uh, the Great Escape Festival down here in Brighton. For those of you who don't know, it's um, the Europe's biggest music conference um, and has obviously the amazing live music festival that runs alongside it. And uh, I, I intended to kind of go along and find myself a new job and find some people who were in recovery in the music industry and kind of see if I could find an avenue for myself in that way. And uh, I didn't find anything, to be fair. What I found was, uh, you know free bar after free bar and it was all networking events were in bars you know i went to arts without a label there they had a, a thing in the basement in in brighton and i thought this is great this is this is where the independent people will be this is where i can go and make some contacts and as soon as i walked in they gave you a wristband and said the free bars that way um you know here's the wi-fi code and i was just like this is great i stayed there for two minutes to check my emails and then left meanwhile all the rest of the industry people you know the revelers were, were just having it large in this in this basement at two o'clock on a on a Thursday afternoon, and I just thought, this is this is mad. It's like, how 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 can this be? Um, so on this on the Saturday, I went to see Imogen Heap deliver a, a conference about uh, DIY in the music industry. You know, doing it yourself. Um, I'd had years of experience in bands, years of experience managing bands and promoting my own club nights and, and live music events. And I, I just I sat down and I thought, you know what? If we want to do this, if if people in recovery are to have any sort of meaningful experience in the music industry, we have to change it from the inside. So the idea came about to set up a record label um, and live events company, which kind of became an offshoot, um, specifically working with people in recovery. So people who are just not getting the opportunities. You know, what what do we do when we're, we're sober? And, you know, we can't go down our local and play an open mic night for pints or, you know, even the concept of going out on tour and doing it safely. Do you tour with other bands who might be drinking and using while you're in the, you know, while you're in the dressing rooms? Or, you know, so it just became this this kind of like, this this banner waving basically <laughs> for banner waving for change but but in the meantime creating a platform that really puts recovery at the heart of what we do so we work with uh small pond studios kevin you mentioned studios we actually we don't have our own we use small pond down the road but um they have a very uh, incredible manager called matthew um who uh is, is just really sympathetic to what we do um you know we we make sure that we uh that all our artists um, have regular welfare checks so we, we check in with them make sure they're keeping up with their meetings or whatever their pathway to recovery might be we, we check in with them to make sure that they're they're doing okay um you know we don't record in studios where people are sitting at the console smoking weed all day because that's you know a lot of people's experience or that there's a mini fridge in the in the corner um and it really is about giving people an opportunity that they wouldn't otherwise get that to give people the chance to go and write to write their music and to record it in a safe way um, and to perform it in a safe way and to kind of release these incredible stories um, through song out into the world. And that's kind of, yeah, that's that's our kind of remit, really, if you like, is, is kind of, you know, recovery first and then and then just incredible music and incredible stories and incredible talent, hopefully. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's very, very inspirational um, and much needed, <laughs> much, much needed. I mean, Kev's been involved in the music industry for... Mm. Um, most of our 
time together, which is coming up for 28 years. And it is quite terrifying. It is, I mean, if you're in active addiction, it's a, it's brilliant. But I don't know how people get stuff done, to be honest. But there is such a need. There is such a need for safe, safe, not just safe venues, but, you know, companies like yours that are encouraging um, and just a, you know, a creative way of being, a, a real outlet, but with a real heart for change. Mm. So I take my hat off to you. I think, you, I think you're amazing. I know you Thank are. Thank you. I, I know how amazing you are. And I also <laughs> know the amazing artists that you've got on your album. Um, you, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the album? Because it has launched, hasn't it, Chris? It has. It came out on the 25th of January. So obviously, uh, yes, we, we all love to mention COVID at the moment, um, even though everyone's trying to sort of pretend it doesn't exist or, or just praying, praying, praying that we get through it as soon as possible, which I'm, I'm kind of... I, I, Put, have a foot in every single camp in that conversation but um you know when we when we sort of were staring down the barrel of a, of a global pandemic last year um obviously our, our kind of year's plan had had taken shape already we were going to do one gig a month we were going to try and blend what we do with some of the more commercial venues in the city so we were we were having conversations with the likes of hope and ruin with green door store about actually opening but running a sober bar for the night and doing doing things that way and it was we were trying to not just host recovery events but actually to include the wider con um, contemporary music uh, scene in the city so that was our kind of mission for last year and obviously covid happened and very quickly every single gig that we had booked was just like gone 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 so i sat down in i think it was april and um, i was sort of like you know really racking my brains i was like how do we even survive this year financially let alone continue to be creative within within this within this world so we tried some of the kind of facebook live gigs um some were successful some had the worst sound quality you've ever heard in your entire life with guitars phasing in and out and, and vocals being cut out by guitar signatures and stuff and so we kind of quickly abandoned that um and i i kind of happened across the idea or it was when i was I think I didn't happen across it, but it was I, I, the Arts Council announced some funding um, for for organisations, creative organisations, artistic organisations during during COVID. So, um, a portion of it was to to sustain you, and the other part was to to develop a new practice. So I kind of sat down and, and spoke to some of the musicians we work with, and I said, look, you know, how would you feel about being commissioned to to write some music about your experiences of of being in recovery in lockdown so when you're when fellowship meetings are taken away smart meetings are taken away when you can't see your drug counselor when you can't see your sponsor or even go for a coffee with a meet who's in recovery you know what what does your world look like how does your how does everything take shape for you so we applied to the arts council and they, they were all very responsive and they, they were sort of like yeah, yeah we'd love to do it and um so we applied to the Arts Council for funding and uh, we're very fortunate we got we got the funding through very quickly actually for the Arts Council it was amazing I can't praise them enough for how quickly they turned all that round last year because it was a real a real feat and a big shout out to all the funding bodies who who kind of really stepped up for 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 every social enterprise and charity in the country really that they you know they they really redoubled their efforts and and saved a lot of people um, but the Arts Council came through with the funding, so I was able to go to eight different musicians in recovery and and commission them to to do exactly what I just said, which was to write about their experiences. And so um, we, uh, so yeah, so they they went off. They they got paid to go and have a week of writing uh, to do some writing, and and they all came back. And some wrote one song, some wrote three or four, some wrote five, six. Um, and we uh, so it was in that very narrow window of I think July and August last year when everything was looking a bit hunky dory that I, I sort of we 
we, we managed to get in the studio and very rapidly turned around the album. It's uh, it's an acoustic album, so there's not a lot of extra instrumentation, which was a, a bit of a relief because I think if we'd gone any bigger, it had never have got made. Um, but it, uh, yeah, so the guys and girls went and recorded it, and it was it was really important for me to have a good mix of people on this record. So um, we've got people from the black and minority ethnic community. We've got uh, LGBTQ plus people on the record. Um, we've got uh, a 50-50 split of male and female as well. So it was it was about taking society and taking the recovery community and kind of having what I hope is fair representation. There's people from different economic backgrounds as well. So having a fair representation of, of the recovery community in wider society and sharing their experiences of being in lockdown and so they they recorded the album and then we spent you know ages mastering and mixing as you do with these 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 things and um, developed a really great relationship with uh, 66 productions here in brighton who uh, are pressing uh, vinyl pressing people um company and uh, and they they did this really great deal on if we wanted to do a vinyl and so i thought you know what we've we've got a bit of this budget left let's let's make our first physical format record so um yeah it was really great to be able to press it onto vinyl and was even more impressive was to be able to go back to the musicians who you know these guys and, and girls have, have kind of been in music or have played music their whole lives and have never you know everyone aspires to having their song on a, on a vinyl record and then you know, i could go around a few weeks back and and socially distance of course drop it on their doorstep and go there you go there's your record and it was a beautiful moment because you know they, that's the sort of thing that people just don't expect you know there's musicians out there who who are, are in the regular everyday industry and they aspire to a vinyl and some will never get that and it was just a great thing to be able to deliver to people but the record itself is 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 an incredible message of hope what could have been quite a gloomy melancholy kind of uh, you know everything's gone and i'm so sad kind of record is actually to, it actually is full of hope and full of joy and full of laughter i think there's a couple of great lyrics in there um one from callum johnston about seeing a man walking walking his rabbit in uh, in regency square and I, I just yeah there's a couple of there's a couple of things in there that just make you smile but there's there's also some some songs in there that that do really pull at the heartstrings and that, that kind of make you go oh god this person has had it tough but you know the the overwhelming sense is is one of hope and and i, and I hope when people listen to it um that they they really relate to it i think that's the thing because you don't have to be in recovery to to sim to, to feel empathy and to understand what a lot of the songs are about so i think that's a really important thing it's, this is an album for everyone from people in recovery absolutely and and like i say we we know and love the artists that are on that album and um, we know them personally most of them um and we're passionate about that and they are really talented mm. really talented amazing musicians i mean like uber talented this is a um a fabulous album and also i, I know that we talked about it earlier um chris you were saying that if people sign up for your newsletter via your website they'll get 15 percent off the album is that right if they sign up for the newsletter, they get fifteen percent off in our online store. So we've got some, uh, we've got much like yourselves, we've got an array of t-shirts, and I think we've got, we've still got some mugs. There are some We Are Not Saints mugs, and and the albums on the store as well. So if you cheeky, if you go and sign up for the newsletter, you get the fifteen percent off in the album. It's all available through the through the online store. Yeah, and that's at wearenotsaints.co.uk. There you go. And it's it's scrolling across the bottom of our screens as we speak. So. If this is looking back, so so one of the questions is a young man called Scott wants to know. I'll just put that on screen. Is are there any of the tracks on YouTube that 
that he can have a listen to from from this album yeah if you go to our youtube channel um which is uh, obviously we are not saints um then there's actually you can go to our playlist which has the uh, the full the full 25 track album is on there or you can just search liberation through the looking glass and i think it, it does come up with the the individual tracks as you go through youtube so yeah it's, it's all up there on youtube um, it's also available through Spotify and Amazon and all the usual. Sorry, just I don't know if I'm allowed to product placement. Is that allowed? Yeah. Um, <laughs> through Spotify, Amazon, Deezer, all your, all your usual streaming outlets. So, um, yeah. yeah. And uh, you can listen to the album for free on our website as well. If you go to the music section, um, all the MP3s are up there. You can listen for free and you can buy a digital download copy from us direct as well. Yeah. We want to encourage, obviously, people to listen to it, but really we want to encourage people to not only buy it, but mm. to share it share 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 people if you're listening to this and you want to make a difference and you want to see you know the huge potential that people in recovery have got you know buy this album all of the pro all of the profits are re reinvested back into mm -hmm. we are not saints so that they can go on to to produce more amazing stuff um and it is a real socially innovative business idea i, I love social innovation i'm awful kev's dying to ask a question i can see he keeps leaning forward <laughs> 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 well, I, I think because i've been on both ends of this like yourself chris i mean i was touring mm. when i was a, you know a kid <clears throat> Uh, and you know, I went through all that rock and roll, proper rock and roll. This is the mm. way you do it, you know. Uh, and I think now it's it's changing. I think mainstream music is is drifting towards sobriety. Some of the big stars, like uh, Christy Moore, for example, he doesn't mm. drink anymore. In fact, Christy was after was after banning booze from his gigs at one point. But being of the uh, of the Irish nation, they wouldn't even go to it. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, um, you know, and more obviously uh, Eric Clapton, and I've been look, lucky enough to come across other uh, working musicians who who now it's it's all changed. Now they do vocal warm ups and um, uh, and these are big artists, you know, and they just yeah. tell them. Um, I, I was I, I, I was working, not working, but I was uh, I bumped into Knopfler, and he was telling me that you know they used to just go you know a couple of lines, a few beers, and on they go or whatever, uh, and now they do vocal warm ups, don't drink. Um, other people I know now they used to sort of be drinking. Now they have a cup of tea, uh, and that's and especially and country music as well. Apart from mm. Willie Nelson, it'll always smoke weed. Um, the rest of them. Uh, are pretty are pretty are pretty clean because i think that the the productivity is better and the product they produce uh is 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 not is not murky it's it's cleaner um so i think things are changing uh along i think that yeah i think you're definitely right i think there's there's a certain uh i think if you want to have any i think it's, it's it's sort of known now that if you want to have any sort of longevity within the music industry and have a career and not wind up kind of washed up and done by the time you're, you're sort of in your mid-30s i think people are identifying that yeah like you say like not flow you know they're doing vocal warm-ups they're drinking mineral water they're kind of looking after themselves I, but i think at the at the very kind of entry point of the music industry there's still very much a kind of uh an, an attitude that uh, and, and certainly at grassroots level there seems to be this attitude of like well we won't pay the bands but we'll give them a crate of beer because that only costs us a tenner you know we won't pay them 100 100 quid or 200 quid for doing to do it for doing a 45 minute set we'll just give them a crate of beer and that'll keep them happy and is there's still that attitude at the other end so 
the, the moving through the spectrum of the music industry, I think you're absolutely right. There's this this the kind of uh, an understanding at the top end um, where where you've got people like say like Eric Clapton who now sober, you know, have had a very long career and and but know that they need to look after themselves really. Um, but there is still this kind of attraction, and I think it's definitely with with younger people that there's this kind of rock, uh, you know, sex and drugs and rock and roll aesthetic, and that was that was the trap that I fell into, you know, was um, you know sort of speed to stay awake and and drink to go to sleep and that and smoke weed to go to sleep and it was that and it you know i think people sort of see it as rock and roll and i think that's the, that is the myth really it's not it's it's the it's but i think that's always going to be rock and roll. I think no matter what happens rock and roll is going to be at some stage is going to be about rebellion and all that yeah but now it's changing i mean i did a gig uh, for uh guitar saves lives and there was a chap mm. telling me that there was a uh, now there's AA meetings backstage at uh, at um, festivals and things like that, mm. which I think is is uh, is amazing. You know, I think that's absolutely brilliant. And I think, and I was also the, uh, uh, the part you, you talked about doing a gig with a with a uh, a dry bar or a, a non-alcoholic mm. bar. Now you see, to my way of thinking, you know, this is just my opinion, that I'm not sure if that's the right way because you know it's a bridge to normal living. Uh, mm. and booze is out there the drugs are out there there's no way that's gonna work but i think it's it's more powerful if there's a if, if there's just normal people who drink and whatever and the band are sober and the mm. band are clean i think that is a more powerful message than kind of isolating people who, who love music and i think the message will be a lot stronger do you, do you think that's right or am i talking rubbish as you i mean when we because we i mean with with the the kind of setup that we were looking at last year with we're kind of bridging this this moving to, to being inclusive with it with it with the wider um contemporary music scenes was uh we did the, the hope and ruin and we kept the but we said to everybody you know the bar downstairs is still open the bar upstairs is a sober bar you feel free if you want to go downstairs and get a drink and come back up that's fine but we just didn't want to have the main bar open in in the main performance space obviously the hope and ruin's got the stage at one end and a bar at the other and we just kind of felt there would be because we knew that the majority of our, our audience would be in recovery so we we kind of kept it like that but said to people when they came in you know if you do drink the bar downstairs is open and that worked really well and i think it is about what we're trying to do is be inclusive and and you're right that bridge to normal living is really important but what we don't want to do is shut the door to people who are in new recovery you know we would very much want to try and attract People who may have just come out of a rehab, they've, they've literally, you know, been in that bubble of rehab for, for the last six months and they're going, well, what do I do with my life? And we want them to come to our shows rather than go, this is shit, excuse me, this is rubbish, I'm going to a crack den, you know, and that's, and that's the kind of, that's what we're trying to encourage. So it's about finding balance. And I think what we're, what we're definitely going to be trying to do when we move back towards live shows is is having that crossover so we'll be having some events in licensed venues but then equally we'll be we'll be moving towards um having more with within the you know within sober spaces as well so i think i think for us it's about finding finding the right mix you know and having it open to everybody but i think the really interesting thing in brighton especially and 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 it's starting to take shape in other parts of the country is the sober curious movement or just the sober movement you know people who and now they don't have a drink or drug problem, but they just don't want to go out to a gig and have beer chucked over them all night. You know, so they just go, actually, you know, these guys, we're not saints, they're, re they're recovery, but I, I don't drink, but it's accessible to me. So I'll go. And then we and then we start to see we start to attract that that particular 
sort of um, collective of people as well. So it is about balance. And you're right, it is about the bridge to normal living, but it's about being mindful of all, all quarters, I suppose. Yeah, well, that's really cool. I really, I really like that answer because that is a mix. It's all about balance. It's always been about balance. Uh, recovery is about balance. Um, now, say uh, I'm a, a guy in recovery and I've sat at home and I've got a dozen tunes that are ready to go or I want to develop them. Um, can they can they get in touch with you and say, look, can I can I sh send you these tunes? Uh, are you interested in these tunes? And, and the second question is the money that you make from the, the album. Uh, and I hope you make loads. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I mean, you can swear because we're discussing rock and roll and that's, you know, that's cool. mandatory. You've got, to, you've got to be able to swear. So if you earn shitloads of money from this album, wh where's that going to go into? Um, so uh, to answer your first question, um, so if you, if anybody is is tuning in um, and hasn't heard of us or is, is literally sitting there going, I really like that. I wrote that song when I was in rehab or, or, or whatever, whatever your circumstance may be. Um, you can get in touch with us through the website um, or email me directly. Uh, so it's chris at wearenotsaints.co.uk. Um, I, I love receiving new music. Um, I don't get enough time to listen to it. I tend to make Friday afternoons is my kind of sitting down listening to sub submissions afternoon. But um, if you're in recovery and you make music, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know, we, we are we are open door. Um, we did shout outs across last year on our social media for anyone that was in, you know, wanted to get in touch. Um, you know, and we, we can just talk. It always, it always starts with a coffee. Every great thing starts with a cup of coffee and a sit down and and um and a chat about music and and we've we've um, we've got two new artists that we're going to be working with this year who did just that they've literally an incredible hip-hop uh artist from uckfield and then uh, an incredible soul singer songwriter from from essex who i'm hopefully going to be meeting with them as soon as we can have a bit more freedom um you know and they did just that they just got in touch through the website um any money made through the album that was your next question um is just going to be reinvested back into what it is we do so we're currently in the process of connecting the dots around the country with various different recovery organizations charities services um so everyone from north yorkshire horizons up in scarborough um we've got we are with you over in stoke um edp down in devon and uh, dorset and what we're looking at trying to do is is basically get the we are not saints name out there by uh, offering our services in in events um and kind of working with people in create uh, in creative recovery so um, anything we can do to help these organizations establish a musical uh kind of asset to, to their organization. So whether it's songwriting workshops, whether it's we go to Scarborough and set up an open mic night for them, um, however it's gonna work. So we're, we're looking at any funding that we're receiving at the moment is kind of helping to build this this new network, this new community. Because the, the vision I kind of have is that, you know, a guitar player in Bristol can go and do an open mic night in Stoke and then they might swap, you know, do a gig swap or something like that. And so, you know, it's this this invisible recovery superhighway that goes the length and breadth of the country, much like yourselves, you know, it's, it's connecting the dots and it's, it's having those assets for everyone in recovery in the UK to be able to uh, engage in a meaningful way. So um, that's where the money's going, is to build build this build this picture. And, and we are not saying, is it a physical <clears throat> place? Is it, or is it an office or is it somewhere you can visit? Is it somewhere you can come in and just bring your guitar along? It's or? not. No, we, we, uh, we've, well, we've been remote working for the last three years um, yeah. because we just, we had no, we had no funding. Um, but funny you should say, um, straight after this interview, I'm actually going to view some offices this afternoon. <laughs> so we'll be, um, hopefully have a physical space that we'll be able to conduct meetings and, and things. But yeah, most mostly our, our kind of live events and our, our, uh, our, 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 our productions are, are outsourced. So we'll, we'll, we've run things in 
Brighton Open Market, the Unitarian Church. We've we've done um, the gig on the seafront, which I think you were both at last year. Did you not come down to that? Oh, not last year, year before, wasn't it? The uh, the South Coast Recovery Walk. We did the main stage there. So um, yeah, but hopefully one day we'll have a we'll have a physical. I'd love a, a little sort of a little venue somewhere where we could just every night yeah. of the week just have people playing music. I'll be there. There you go. I'd love to have you, Kevin. Yeah, I love yeah. all that. Yeah, and, and what the sorry, I'll let Claire speak because I've kind of hogged it. Sorry, love. He's on a roll now. He's on a roll. You can tell he's really passionate about music. He's like, oh, I can't wait for Chris to come on. I can just talk That's about it. That's great. I love it. Um, yeah, no, I think it's brilliant. I really do think what you're doing is amazing. And like you say, um, you know, it is about having an all-inclusive space. And you know what? Why shouldn't we have some dry spaces? We've piloted all of the dry bar ideas and the sober bars. And since we started, like, I think eight years ago, um, we piloted lots of different sort of variations on dry bars because they were they were doing so well around the country. Um, a friend of ours in Nottingham has got a great, um, who's been on the show, actually, um, who's coming back on the show. So maybe you could tune in or even come in and you could do like a guest um, presentation with me and Kev um, and ask them about their sober space. So they've got a sober space in um, Nottingham. Um, it's um, funded by their charity, which is Double Impact. And it's called Sobar. So, mm. and, and, you know, I mean, just like you say, there's so many things that you said that I was like, bing, 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 bing. All of these amazing projects that have come on this show and come and talked, you know, they are all opportunities to connect with. You know, you've got Red Rose Recovery in um, in Lancashire. These guys are amazing. You know, they've got some fabulous people. We did um, a show the other week, uh, a radio show, didn't we, Kev? Um, um, and this DJ... You know, he's a great guy in recovery, wants to talk about everything to do with recovery. It's just connecting with all these projects. Mm. And they all do have funding in place to be able to support their um, their people that come to them to, to you know, inspire them. Because as you and I know, and Kev knows, stopping drinking and drug taking is actually a tiny part of it. You know, it's about building a life and finding your passions and finding your purpose and, you know, being with people, connecting with people that you've got another connection with other than getting off your face, you know, you know, sitting down playing the music, playing a guitar with them and singing. And it's just a beautiful way of um, being in the world, you know, and we do need dry spaces. I don't care what anyone says. What we discovered, Chris, by piloting these ideas is actually the people that came were the, the recovering community. They were supportive. But the really big surprise was the young people that came from university and these kids don't have addiction problems they don't have drink and drug problems they just don't drink mm. and they just like no it's really interesting you say that because i've done a couple of guest lectures at northbrook met over in uh, durrington and i did uh, i've done a couple of bim as well and you know the, the the thing that i find is is when you finish doing these lectures you get quite a few young people coming up to you not hordes but you know a few young people that come up to you going I really like what it is you do. Like, I just, I like going out, but I don't like drinking. I don't like being around drunk people. So what you guys are doing is amazing. We really, really enjoy that. You know, we really want to kind of come along and experience what it is you guys are doing. And I think that's the overwhelming thing. My, my sister, uh, who I think is tuning in this afternoon. Hi, Ashley, if you're, if you're tuning in, um, you know, she, she rarely drinks, you know, and it's, it's quite, 
it's 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 kind of an argument against the whole hereditary drinking gene thing because she 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 barely drinks and um you know there are there are just young people now that just they just aren't interested they just don't want to um you know i think it's very different to when i kind of started going out pubbing and clubbing when it was pound a pint every night and quid entry on a monday to the nearest rock bar and stuff like that it was just that was just the done thing but i think you know times are changing every, you know and i think um by having more to offer i think cities will will make themselves more attractive you know we could you know there are pubs within every mile in every city center you know but if you but so if you can offer a sober space that's cool and attractive well funded that doesn't feel like a, a kind of thrown together ramshackle mess but actually is just a very nice space to be in that's that's fun and engaging then i think yeah young people will flock to it and, and people in recovery will flock to it and this and as i mentioned the sober the sober movement will flock to it as well um i had a really good conversation with it with a friend of mine the other day who just sort of said you know what we need is Essentially, it needs to feel like a youth club for adults. It needs to feel like Biker Grove for grown-ups. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's what it needs to be. If you're going to go and spend four, five, you know, three or four hours on a Friday night, you know, you want pinball machines and pool tables and you want to be able to have fun and, and enjoy it with your, with your friends. Um, so that the, the, even the, if, if you do drink and you go, the notion of alcohol is removed because you're just doing so much other cool stuff. Yeah. You know, and if you're in recovery, it's just a nice place to hang out. Yeah. I've done that. I've done tours. I've done. I've been lucky enough to do a lot of professional tours, uh, not not with bands, but with big musicals like mm. Chitty, Bang, Chitty Bang Bang and Chicago and Rock of Ages, and and we were. Oh, it's endless. And I've been very lucky to work with uh, a lot of younger people, aged between sometimes between seventeen and twenty three, uh, and they are dedicated. Mm. Um, uh, and they they don't they don't drink they certainly don't drink like I used to drink when I was eighteen and not just me I think like everybody else I think there's been a shift. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong they like to go out and have a blowout now and again as you do yeah. when you're at that age, but um, and and they may go to the pub after the show, but usually that's to, to kind of meet someone that has been in the show or there's a birthday or something like yeah. that or some nights it's a quiz night. But it's not it's not something they, they do every night. Whereas when I first started in the nineteen eighties, uh, I was on the road and we'd all everyone would go to the pub straight after the mm. after the show. I mean, we just did. Uh, but they don't do it now. So what you I found you saying is is very interesting. And uh, my, my another question I have is what what is the mm. future? What, what does the future look like for for we are not saints? What what exciting new projects apart from the one I'm going to be involved in? Of course, oh, of um, course, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, I love self promotion, folks. You can't beat it. Um, yeah, stuck in. What um, what exciting stuff have you got coming up? Um, so I mentioned our, our kind of national program earlier. So that's where we're kind of uh, sort of working with other organisations around the country to try and replicate what it or replicate elements of what it is that we and our saints do. So we're essentially offering our expertise in, in kind of live events and delivering events in, in unique spaces um, and also sort of songwriting workshops with our artists and things like that. So we're, we're kind of doing that at the moment. And we've got everybody from, I think, Luton, Lowestoft, down to Bristol, Devon, uh, Dorset all the way up to the, the sort of Scottish borders so we've got organizations that we're working with around the country um, looking at delivering kind of music in their areas um, keeping it more local uh, we are desperately hoping for a return to live events and I did email a couple of my contacts yesterday as soon as Bonnie on Monday as soon as Boris said June 21st I went right let's get on it so we're, we're hoping for a return to live events um, 
preferably uh, sometime in July. 17th um, so May, we, he said, didn't he? Didn't he say 17th of May? You could start opening up theatres and rock and roll venues. He did, but we, because of the nature of what we do, where we try not to charge a, a wealth for ticket for ticket entry or for, for venue hire, um, we need to kind of guarantee a maximum number of people. <laughs> so we, um, 17th of May, we could probably get a venue, but if we can only have 12 people, it's not going to work because we, we try, you know, as I said, we try and keep it inclusive. So, well, actually, you know, up to a thousand. Prices, I think it was up to a thousand you could have. Okay, I also have a wealth of a load of musicians who who haven't rehearsed for a year as well, so it might be an idea to get them rehearsing. But um, yeah, so we're aiming after June the twenty first. So probably, hopefully, sometime in July, we'll be returning to live music. Um, we've got a uh, new out, uh, new EP on the way, hopefully from Jim Trickster, uh, very very soon. As another one from Man Like Malcolm as well. We've got a uh, new project in the offing with Liam Borrowman. Uh, Annie Murray is recording an album this year, um, and we are in the process of uh, finishing off a new Defus J album where he has taken the last year and become completely electronic. Even as a person, he's now completely electronic. No, he's not. As a person, but he's um, he's just basically taken his entire back catalogue and just gone. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make dance music, and he's converted everything into dance music. So it's uh, well, say dance music, more the kind of electro pop kind of '80s style. So there's there's sort of shades of uh, Depeche Mode and Soft Cell in there and things like that. So uh, we're really excited about that, and that's kind of coming hopefully very very soon. That's about the only recording project that we've been able to really don't dedicate any time to um so lots of new music coming from us this year uh we are in the process of recording the pilots for the we are not saints podcast so um that's gonna be a podcast that we're doing um and that will be released once a month kevin i'd love to have you on as a guest for the podcast um if that would be all right <laughs> of course it would i also Lovely. have a box of albums that i'd like to give you anyway that you can put on your website and sell them for whatever you oh need amazing um <laughs> <laughs> feel like that bloke, was it that bloke's got loads was it the league of gentlemen who just had yeah. A, <laughs> loads of albums yeah because yeah. uh, no i don't think anyone's buying cds anymore are they i think it's all online we did a run of cds very early on when we started out and i've still got i think i ordered 100 and i've still got 72 left so <laughs> so oh, but yeah. you know the vinyl just giving them away for those people that that yeah. want them um, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a couple of boxes of of uh, my my one and only brilliant album, which I have to say, which did go gold. I have to say, uh, and then you can do it as you will. People can make right, a your project, then you know if you want. Um, great, and it frees up some room in the shed. Yeah, and we are moving. Yeah, to that. <laughs> yeah actually, those boxes there, those are all the albums that that I, I just said to him earlier. Mm. We. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm not them. Send them our way. Send them our way. We'll, we'll, we'll shift them yeah. for you. <laughs> My biggest fear, Chris, you see all these guitars here that, God, yeah. God forbid, I die, right? And Claire will sell them for the price that I told her I bought them for. Uh, no, don't do it. Don't do yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> fortune, that corner that he's sat in over there. Um, oh no, it's been absolutely amazing to have you on, Chris. And it's been really, great, thank you. Really thrilled that you're doing so well. It's um it's a joy to see you flourish. Um, you know, we can achieve anything. And and you're a great example of that, is you know what? Have ideas, have dreams, have hopes, and you know what? Don't overthink it, just do it. You know, and you know, I remember having conversations with you and you know 
just do it and you've just you're mm. a perfect example of you you know what you just did it you just believed you knew it was going to work and you just got off your bum and just went and found the people that you needed to find to make it happen so well done thank you thank you very much i think when i when i just i'll just leave this as a, a kind of parting thought is was when i came into recovery um i i had to make well i had to get honest with myself and i made a promise to myself which was that anything that happened next in my life had to be a hundred times better than anything that happened before and there's only one way you can do that which is just throw yourself into everything and give a hundred percent of yourself um, you know, that's that whether that's fellowship meetings or whether that's ideas and projects or creative endeavors, you know, just just give everything you've got because you gave everything you've got to alcohol and drugs and it fucked you up. So, <laughs> so give everything you've got to life and, uh, you know, and it will return, you know. And, you know, today I, I run this amazing organization. I, my son was born last year. I never thought it was going to be a dad. That was amazing. So, um, you know, it's uh, yeah. congratulations. Hope, hopefully he's watching as well i don't know seven months old so he's probably got bored by now of daddy talking but um yeah so just anybody out there just just what's sorry? his name what, what did you aries. call aries aries yeah oh he got a war he's got a, he's got a fiery temperament <laughs> really? oh. and, and for anyone who's listening of course you know you're not on your own um music is very very important i mean without it mm. i would have been that was game over uh, well, I mean, it, it was important when I was drinking and using, but it's even more important now. And during the lockdown, you know, I've got myself some new toys and things like this, which I still don't really use properly. But <laughs> I'm having a good time and I'm, I'm being productive and it saved my life. So thanks very much. And Chris, as ever, a pleasure, sir. Yeah, thank you very thank much, you very much, and do keep in contact. Do come back and tell us about all of the amazing adventures that you're going on. You know, yeah. if we can promote you and, and champion you, we're absolutely 100% behind you. I think you're amazing. I think what you're doing thank is you. amazing. Love the people that you work with. I'm sure we're going to love the people that you've yet to work with. And if we can connect you with anybody in <laughs> our country, yeah, Kevin, look at him getting in there. But um, no, um, some of the great projects, you know, you've got David Hyam as well in Barrow in Lancashire. They've got an amazing project over there. They are really forward thinking. And like Kev said, music, it feeds the soul. And it's really mindful. Yeah. <laughs> really mindful. I, I, what I find with music in recovery is you can't be sitting thinking about the problem if you're actually the singing playing a musical instrument or listening to music you mm. have to be in the moment don't you so it's a real mindful act so you know i say more music more more of all of this wonderfulness so yeah thank you so much chris please do come Thanks, back won't you? of course i will yeah thank you very much for having me thank you kevin thank, thank you Claire. pleasure love and give aries a big kiss from us of course we will yeah no worries nice right. to see you Lots nice of love. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm one of our volunteer fundraisers here at Kennedy Street. Thanks for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. Please do head over to our website, www.kennedystreetcio.org, for information on how you could be involved in future fundraising campaigns or how you can donate to this great cause.